and welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I'm one of your hosts. Every week, we bring you interviews with makers of all kinds from all over the world, those that identify as female, non-binary, and transgender. This week's guest is Jackie C. Smith. Illustrator Jackie C. Smith creates unique artwork that showcases diversity amongst women of color. After graduating from Columbia College of Chicago with a BA in traditional animation, Jackie headed to Burbank, California to begin her journey as a freelance artist. In the last 10 years, Jackie's created children's books and illustrations for self-publishers, publishing companies, and businesses, including Duck Studios, Animation, Disney, YWCA, and more. When she's not working on commissions, you can find Jackie at festivals and conventions throughout Los Angeles and selling her artwork at boutiques and galleries across the U.S. Also, Jackie's created four coloring books, Know Yourself, a coloring book for girls and women that focus on positive self-identity and relaxation for women and girls of color. It was an absolute joy to get to talk with Jackie, um, the first illustrator for the podcast. Um, So yeah, just really great to learn um, maybe a little bit more uh, about the world of illustrations and how that interacts with her own art um, and all of that. So it it was really great and an honor to get to chat with her. Before hopping into our conversation, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So I first want to thank uh, two of the podcast big sponsors, and that's Matthew of Artigiano Serio on both Instagram and online, and then uh, Bonnie of Toolmom Bonnie and Toolmomstore.com. Thank you both so very much uh, for being large sponsors of the podcast. And in addition, thank you to these patrons, Candice, CJ Woodgrain, Lee, Lee Runyon, Annette, 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin, Lefty's Workshop, Christy, Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel, Moody Makes, Laura, Oakley Silk Company, Brandy, Studio Obey, Lee, The Rainbow Carver, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much uh, for your continued ongoing support, helping to produce the podcast every week. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to support it as well, please hang out to the end of the episode and I will tell you how to do that. Now let's head on into our conversation with Jackie C. Smith. Well, I like to start by asking my guests to introduce themselves. Would you do that for me? Absolutely. Um, Hi, my name is Jackie C. Smith, and I'm an illustrator, and I currently live in Burbank, California, but I'm from Chicago. Okay. Shy town. I can dig it. (laughs) I'm in the Midwest, too, but nowhere near uh, as cool as Chicago, so... Um. I want to uh, start by asking kind of your bigger um, story, like from baby Jackie to how'd you get into, um, you know, being an illustrator and such. So I've um, been drawing since I was really young and I come from like 
a fairly creative family. Like my grandmother was very much into arts and crafts. So there was always like some little project we were making or building. So I've always been fascinated with art. And as I got older, I started like experimenting and trying to decide like what type of art I wanted to make. So for a while I was like, I wanna be a fashion designer. And then I was like, I wanna be an architect, but I'm really bad at math. And then um, eventually my, um, the social worker at my high school was like, well, you love to draw, you love cartoons. So I really think like animation might be a good feel for you. Um, so I was like, okay, that sounds fun. Like that sounds like such an exciting opportunity. So I went to college for animation. I went to um, Savannah College of Art and Design for a year. And then I transferred back to Chicago to Columbia College of Art. And yes, I got a degree in traditional animation. And then me and my best friend moved out to LA shortly after I graduated. And I was, I guess like the easiest way to put it is like, I was not prepared <laughs> for like LA living and just <laughs> being like young and broke, but so like ready and hungry. Mm -hmm. So like we hustled our way into like every job like we've ever had. So I worked at Universal Studios in the theme park, which I absolutely hated, but <laughs> I made a lot of really good friends there. Um, I've worked for a blacksmith. Um, I've worked at an art studio. I work for a fashion company, like I've done it all <laughs> to just to, you know, make ends meet. And then also like, you know, get really good like life experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and then I interned at a animation studio in Santa Monica and then they eventually hired me and it was like a great opportunity. And I learned a lot while I was there, but I ultimately realized like, I don't wanna do this. <laughs> like I, I realized like I wanted to work on my own projects and make my own stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of just left that behind and started freelancing. So um, I would freelance like on portraits primarily, but now I've moved into primarily um, children's books. So yeah, that's kind of how I got to where I am. <laughs> awesome. I feel like probably a lot of that like hustle life experience probably aided in the confidence to like be able to go out on your oh yeah wrong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I am a super shy and like very much an introvert. And so it taught me like the people skills that I needed to like be able to speak up for myself and like talk about my art confidently because I had to like practice that and like had to work on it. And networking is a big part of, of being an artist. Like you have to get out and talk to people and I have to like, you know, hype myself up sometimes, but like <laughs> it, it definitely, all those jobs like helped me get to that point, which is awesome <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah so <clears throat> was you said uh you like to draw obviously because that led to the whole uh, animation type thing yeah maybe you can give us a little bit of uh, reference if you don't mind on like the difference between like animation and illustration yeah so animation is like the movement of images so it's taking illustrations essentially and then making them move into like a fluid picture. So that's how you get cartoons. And then illustration is just like flat still images. Mm -hmm. um, so that's basically the difference. Okay. Why, why do you feel like you 
like why are you drawn more to the illustration versus the animation um i think at, at least industry-wise, um, there's a lot more room for personal creativity. Um, the one thing about working for animation studios is that you're always working on somebody else's project, essentially, and there's not necessarily room for like personal expression. So you are there to do a job on a show, um, and that's kind of like what your role is. And when you freelance or you draw your own work, I can work on my own style. I can take projects that I want. I can turn down projects that I don't want. You know, you have a lot more freedom about what kind of art you're making. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about the process of getting started with freelancing. Oh, uh, well, for me, I kind of just jumped in. I didn't do any research. I was just like, I like to draw and people say I should sell my stuff. So I would literally just show up to events that I find will find online and set my stuff up. And for a while, it wasn't going very great. <laughs> um, and then as I started doing more and more events, I realized, oh, like I need to work on like my displays. I need to work on my marketing. I need to... Um, work on how like I'm promoting events if I'm you know doing conventions or whatever mm-hmm. um, I also need to pay attention to like what merchandise I'm selling what my price points are so it was learning how to be a business person at, in addition to being an artist mm-hmm. and that was like one thing that nobody told me especially like in school they never talked about like the business side of being an artist mm-hmm. um, so yeah that was like the biggest thing I had to teach myself for sure. That I feel is like, um, and it's, it's so funny because I had an earlier interview uh, before you and we talked about the business side of art, but um, that, that is very much true. It's like, that seems to be to me like a glaring miss in art (laughs) curriculum is like, Because you are your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, it, it would be nice, I guess, if it was included in the curriculum of yeah. like general basic business yeah. classes. <laughs> I, I really feel like every student and my parents and my family told me this, but I was young and I was like, I'm not going to listen to them. But they all were like, take a business class or two. And yeah. I was like, I could take a business class or I could take like some weird, fun sculpting class. Like, what's it going to be? Yeah. And so, so like looking back, I should have taken that business class because I was not prepared at all. I didn't know anything about like taxes and like what's the difference between a 1099 and a W-2. I I didn't know, like I had no idea. So yeah, all of that was like a learning experience that was, it was rough because I had to pay for it. But you know, I did eventually learn. And that is something that I'm always telling like young people, like your art is a business. Like it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter where you are in your artistic journey. You still need to think of it as a business if you want to be successful. Mm-hmm. How did you get into um, the, the book illustration part of it? Um, well, I've always, in the back of my mind, wanted to be a children's book illustrator. Like, I love children's book illustrations. And I kind of, for a long time, told myself, like, oh, like, I'm not ready. I can't do it. 
And then I think somebody just asked me like, hey, will you illustrate my book? And I just was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't done this before, but, you know, I'll give you a really good rate so you can be like my portfolio practice project. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it kind of just snowballed into like a thing that I'm now known for. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like taking the first step and, and jumping into it, doing your research, making you sure you know what your target audience is, mm -hmm. making sure you know like what format books need to be in, all the like little stuff that go into being an illustrator that people don't think about necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Even you just saying what format, I was like, I didn't even know there was like a, a format for this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm always like, that's the first thing I tell clients when I'm like asking them questions because I'm like, okay, now did you do your research? If you're going to self-publish, like, do you know what format books come in? And they're like, what are you saying? And I'm like, okay, let's let's go back to the beginning. Like, let's go. You got to know, like, what size book do you want? Like all right. of those little things like end up mattering when it comes to how your book is going to turn out. So, right. yeah, because I've had people not do that. And then they show me their illustrations of somebody else did for them. And I'm like, this is wrong. <laughs> like, like, this is, mm -mm. we're going to have to well, fix that. <laughs> and I mean, I guess you're like, you're spot on too. I'm, I'm just thinking like, I'm on the consumer end, right? So I've mm -hmm. I've got two kiddos and we read every night. And so I am a consumer of a lot of those illustrated books. And just thinking like, I've not ever felt like something didn't flow, but I could mm -hmm. see, I could totally see like, if you didn't have it like formatted correctly, where it's like the picture is supposed to make sense with what's on that page and all of yeah. that stuff. Like if it's not laid out correctly, it could feel disjointed, like yeah. as somebody who's like consuming that. Yeah, work. and I think consumers kind of know when things are off, they might not know exactly what it is about it, mm -hmm. but they will recognize like, oh, something about this, like I don't like, or is weird. Mm -hmm. um, and then as an artist, it's for me to point out like, no, that's wrong, that's wrong. You know, this, is, this could be done better, um, but yeah, it's like kind of trial and error though. You, mm -hmm. you learn along the way. Yeah. I feel like that would be like a fun thing to do though. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> kids I love put, it. Yeah. I mean, children's books. I mean, obviously, like, there's plenty of children's books that tell like true stories. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but so much of it is like imaginative. Um, and I could imagine, uh, I would have fun with that, I guess, just to, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's always interesting, like the type of stories that my clients come up with, like and the reasoning and the thought process behind them. And I'm always like, wow, that's so cool that I get to work on this. Like, that's so fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. How are you dealing mostly with people who self-publish or um, do you get to work with people working with like publishing houses and stuff? Um, so right now it's about 50, 50. Um, I have, I have an agent, so I'm represented mm -hmm. by the bright agency. So they get me all of my like publisher, um, 
work. And then people who just like hit me up on Instagram are like, Hey, I want to self-publish a book. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, <laughs> let's do it. You know? Cause I, I understand since I started off with mostly self-publishers, I understand that desire to want to just get in there and do it yourself and, and, and make this project. And especially cause working with publishers can be, um, intimidating mm-hmm. and it's a hard process to like get your foot in the door. So I get why a lot of people want to self-publish nowadays, you know? Yeah. I mean, whenever I've thought potentially about writing a book, it's, I guess I've always thought like I'd have to go the self-publishing route because I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm anti-gatekeeping too. So Mm -hmm. a little bit of the publishing world feels like very big gatekeeping. Um, Yeah, I can, I can see that. Um, so I, I do want to kind of dive into this idea of, um, at least it's something that I'm cognizant of with my own kids and, Mm -hmm. and that's like finding books with all kinds of representation and understanding that, like, at least when I grew up, I don't feel like there were a lot of there probably was but I don't feel like there were as many books out there with a full range of representation yeah Um, do you feel like as the illustrator I feel like you have like one of the most important roles in helping to do that to (laughs) representation absolutely (laughs) yeah I, I think that would be like one of my driving elements and getting new projects is I want to work on the projects that are about the diversity mm-hmm. and the underrepresented. So I do books about like, you know, deaf issues or disabilities or just being minorities. Like those are the ones that I gravitate to because like, yes, we have come a super long way, but as you were saying, like growing up, like there weren't a lot of like, you know, Mm -hmm. black books or, you know, Hispanic books that really teach people about diversity and inclusion. Um, Or like like you just said, like able bodies versus- Able bodies, yeah. Like I don't remember seeing anything like that. Yeah, up. and it, it's such a, a small community. And then, like, since I do go out and do conventions and stuff, when I when I go out in public and I have, like, little kids come up to me and say, like, hey, I read your book, and I, I'm deaf, and, you know, my mom bought it for me. Like, that is such, like, an amazing feeling to say, like, I have impacted a child's life in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so cool. Um, so I want to keep doing projects like that where I think I see gaps in in the education of children where it can be, you know, expanded upon. Today's episode is sponsored by Athena Outfitters. Athena Outfitters is a quality workwear brand for hardworking women that sells everything badass beauties need to get the job done from work boots to basics. They curate the toughest essentials made to help you perform every piece is handpicked to seamlessly slide right into your daily lifestyle from rugged and roguish weekday wear to effortless weekend flair. You can fill your closet with gear that can do it all. So for Christmas, I ordered my wife like a very nice pair of slippers from Athena Outfitters and she loves them. Loves them so much that she has accidentally gone to the gym and the grocery store in them because they seem to never leave her feet. So definitely a place 
to go check out, go get the goods that help you not only out in the shop, but just in your daily uh, work around the house and outdoors. As a listener of the podcast, you can go to Athena Outfitters website and use coupon code MM, as in M&Ms, 15 for 15% off any purchase. So again, you go to athenaoutfitters.com and use the code MM15 and get 15% off of your purchase at checkout. Do you... I'm, I'm assuming like as the illustrator, you have to take, obviously, like you have to take the direction from the person who wrote the book. Yeah. Um, but do you get any freedom to add in diversity if it wasn't written that way? So a lot of times um, people aren't like very specific when it comes to background characters. Mm-hmm. So if left up to me, it's going to be a very diverse crowd. <laughs> so I think like that is always a thing. Yeah. And then when it comes to main characters, like I get to choose like normally hairstyles, skin tones, mm-hmm. like that type of stuff is usually left up to me unless they're like, I want it to look exactly like my child or something right. like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's usually always room to include some diversity in there. Absolutely. So so please tell me when you get to make hair choices and skin tone choices that it always goes darker and curlier. It does. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it absolutely does. And it's just also just fun to draw curly hair. Like yeah. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, any opportunity that I have, I'm like, yeah, let's yeah. draw it in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a little bit... Um, I will say you're the first illustrator I've had on the podcast, so I'm oh, like cool. kind of geeking <laughs> out about this. Um, I want to understand a little bit more about the process. Is it like all digital or do you work from like paper and move to digital? Yeah, so the children's books are all digital. And okay. then this is like I do wood pieces. This is all ink on wood. Um, so I like experimenting with different mediums, but for my like professional stuff, mm-hmm. it's all digital because it's way easier. <laughs> um, are you like one of the like Adobe type users for digital? I am. Oh, you okay? <laughs> it's just easy. <laughs> I know. I know. It's also just expensive. <laughs> well, yeah, I I have found like the loophole and it's every year they, they go on sale. Um, mm-hmm. So instead of paying, I have the suite that's like all apps. It's $30 a month if you get it on sale instead Ooh. of like the $60, which yeah. is crazy. So I was like, I could do $30. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm not paying $60 a month. Like that's insane. Um, so yeah, I'm very cheap. So I'm always looking for a way to like get around. Oh, see, I didn't even know they had a time where they go on sale. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I wait and I look and I'm like, <laughs> let me get that email. Like it's on sale. Okay. And also another tip is that if you have an account, like say you have the uh, $9.99 a month mm-hmm. plan and you go to cancel it, they'll give you a discount. So you don't cancel your account. <laughs> I have done that several times as well. 
Um, you gotta, you know, work the system. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, and since you pointed it out, because I guess I didn't, you know, from looking at your account, I didn't realize about the, you said like the ink on wood pieces. Is that mm-hmm. like your own, just your own art practice? Yeah. Yeah, I um when I was working at the art studio, I inked a lot at the time because that was before I started mostly doing children's books. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like my therapeutic um, practice, but I also don't do it that much anymore because it makes my hands hurt. <laughs> so I can um, imagine yeah. that. Yeah. It's very and time consuming. But yeah, I love doing them. Do you outside of the the ink work is there other work that you do that's just like just for you or just for your artistic side when I have time yes um I I'm writing my own book well I've written the book I'm illustrating it and that's probably my like passion project but Mm -hmm. I don't get to work on it very often but I also have been working on it for like 10 years at this rate so (laughs) we'll see when it gets done (laughs) there someday we'll get there there someday someday, yeah Yeah. um curious I mean I know you said you've been working on it for a while but uh is it a is it a children's book um no (laughs) so it's like I I haven't figured out who this book is for okay it's part of the problem um it's weird which is also a, a, a thing that I'm like I can't necessarily be like hey I'm a children's book illustrator and then I made this super weird book (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know who it's for yet but I'll figure it out eventually um but it's gonna be good (laughs) you you uh was writing ever a passion for you um well I I read a lot like I read couple hundred books a year uh so (laughs) yeah I have a problem um so I've always enjoyed reading more than writing. It just gets so like jumbled in my head when I yeah. try to put pen to paper. So the the book that I wrote, I'm super proud of because I'm like, this is actually like really good. <laughs> like I I wrote that and it's, you know, yeah. It's cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I try to write when I can, especially like to practice because um, I do want to get better at it for sure. Mm-hmm. Are there many uh writer slash illustrators out there oh yeah do both oh yeah yeah a lot of especially like people who go into more the comic side of things Mm -hmm. that's usually their outlet for the writing aspect but yeah definitely I I was gonna kind of ask I was gonna say yeah since you did animation and now and now the illustration I was gonna ask if comics were ever in your um forte or something you would look to yeah I'm actually working on the illustration side of a comic but it was written by um another woman and it's called Susan King and it was written by um, Monique Fisher so she's an amazing writer and I could never come up with some of the stuff she's put into (laughs) the story so we're still like pretty early on in the stages of like production and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah that's another project I'm working on And, and is that your first comic it well technically no but we don't talk about the first one it's the second <laughs> is this one. a we don't talk about bruno situation yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna leave that in the past <laughs> yeah. well i mean 
again, I imagine, I mean, comics are its own, it's its own art. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's <laughs> not the same as like a children's illustration. It's not. Yeah. And I'm definitely having a hard time the last couple months, like drawing children's books for like eight hours a day and then trying to switch to a very much adult like comic book and at night is rough <laughs> like I am not <laughs> like most days I'm like oh I can't like it's weird <laughs> but yeah so I'm like figuring out that balance between the two because they have nothing in common well sure. and I feel like yeah I feel like the line work like I just feel like all of it's different yeah. um and this, like the lettering, yeah, and how you do layout, all, the entire format is so different. Yeah, um, and the uh, the way stories are told, like the way mm-hmm. you have to break things down, is yeah, it's a lot different. I mean, I know on my end, like, like there's a few comics that I own, but I own them for the artwork. Yeah, not for the story. I'm mm-hmm. like. I struggle when my oldest wants to like read a comic at bedtime. I'm like, I, I can't, <laughs> like, well, this is also, not a, this is not a something you read to somebody. It's not yeah. like it's a, different <laughs> and, and it's also, it's like so much dialogue based. And then yeah. depending on the comic, some of them are like lengthy, like they'll have like yeah. full on monologues. And I'm yeah. like, I can't <laughs> like, what is this what is this about yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, I I totally get that and I grew up reading mangas and Mm -hmm. the like switching from like reading mangas to trying to create a comic like even those two are so very different that Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like this is weird yeah yeah that's my my oldest is getting into mangas as well um Which is just turned into, a, I say, I can't read it to you. And so then he reads it to me and that works out. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I find that super interesting. Like, do you, like, I've always wondered about the people who do the illustrations for comics, like, drive diving into just creating illustrations like that without the dialogue if mm-hmm. that makes sense like yeah is there even like a is that even a thing out there because like I appreciate how again I like the artwork of comics um for some reason it's like to me they're very it's and I know they're not, but it's similar to graffiti to me, like in my mind, like mm-hmm. I feel like that same emotional feeling when I look at comic art and when I look at graffiti art. Yeah. Um, but do you think there, like, is that a thing to be just a standalone, like the artwork of, of comic? Um, it's super rare. I think the only one that I've read, I read this manga, it's called Blame, and it's like couple hundred pages and I think there are maybe five lines of dialogue in the entire thing (laughs) so it's entirely like visual storytelling yeah yeah which is really cool um Mm -hmm. and the fact that you can follow it along you can tell what's happening who people are you don't know anybody's name um but the fact that you can still like tell a story is that means like your story is strong your artwork is strong um, and that's kind of what you want in a comic, like regardless of the text, like you still need to be able to follow along. 
Mm-hmm. Like I even say this, like if you watch a movie with no sound on and no subtitles, you need to, you should be able to still follow the movie mm-hmm. minus whatever they're discussing. Right. I don't think that pans out for a lot of movies. Though. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it does not. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, it should though. It should. It does, it does not. <laughs> yeah. Where do you, did you learn that art of, I mean, I'm assuming you did with animation, learn the art of telling a story just through illustration? I think you learn it in um, storyboarding, um, which Mm -hmm. is how you break down each scene and panels. Um, And I think that's where um, I kind of learned how to visually tell a story without, you know, any words or any context. Mm -hmm necessarily um the storyboarding for sure that probably helps uh you get comfortable with the formatting of like the children's books and stuff like Mm -hmm. that quicker because you had some reference point out there yeah I mean especially because animating the basis is the same like you have to do thumbnails um you have to have a script that you break down into visuals you have to worry about your lighting like all of those elements are pretty easy to translate to to illustrating and children's books. So it wasn't like a, a huge leap for me to leave one for the other, you know, mm-hmm. to make that transition for sure. What's the, uh, what's the dream work? Like, what is your ideal, like, I will die happy if I get to do X, Y, Z? Oh, the ideal dream work. Um, I really want to work on like a children's book on a larger like platform and scale. Like I want it worldwide bestseller. <laughs> like I, that's what my goal is, is to be on the like international bestseller list. I'll feel like I've achieved something that I've always like dreamed of. So, or being able to like walk into a bookstore and my book be like on that front right display. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That is what I'm aiming for. <laughs> Are there dream authors that you want to work with? Um, I don't know if like necessarily authors, especially because nowadays anybody can write a book. Yeah. Um, but I do have like, there's this um, illustrator. Her name is Vashti Harrison. And she is like my idol <laughs> like as weird as that is like she's not that much older than me but like I have watched her career she started off in animation and and progressed into children's book and is like an international bestseller and I'm like I love everything she does and like she's really great so I'm like that is my like you know that somebody that I would like to emulate basically yeah for sure so watching her career is that where you got the idea to leave animation and go into illustration well, I had already left, but it definitely did inspire me to say, like, I can, I can do this, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, just watching, like, at, like, the minute she left, then immediately going into bookstores and seeing her books in there, I was like, okay, this is, this is doable, like, right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about your experience, um, like, in school and then 
you know, when you did work in animation and now have have those spaces been representative as far as like diverse or are they kind of all white still <laughs> no not even like the diversity is like it's one thing and then just like being the only woman typically yeah. in like your classes was another thing like school was rough for me <laughs> like I will be honest like I did not have a good time in college um I would show up do the work and then leave because mm -hmm. it was just hard for me to relate to like the other kids in my class and their like life experiences I was like y'all haven't been through any struggles you're not serious about this like I just I had a hard time mm -hmm. in school and like luckily I met my best friend there because you know obviously we moved here and it was like life-changing for the both of us but we talk about this all the time how I don't know if like our school was necessarily the right move. I mean, it, it worked out for us, but mm -hmm. it, it feels like a lot of kids were just getting degrees just because and mm -hmm. not with any intention of like using them or putting any effort into it. Their parents just like, were like, we'll pay for school. So you might as well go and do this thing. Um, so that was always super frustrating in school. I think, I think um, there's, there's definitely something, <laughs> there's something to that. I know I felt the same going through school and like my um, younger sisters who are much, much younger than me felt the same. And I think that's because like, we had to your point, we had like real, some real struggles in life before yeah. we hit like <laughs> college. And so when we were there, it was like, no, this is like, there's a goal we're going to reach this goal. Like yeah. there was like intention in what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And it was frustrating to your kind of, I think maybe like to see people have be around you and like have all this privilege. <laughs> I realized yeah. that they had all this privilege. Um, and so I think like, I do think there's something to be said for the people who, like, don't go to school right away, who, like, go yeah. and do some life experience stuff before going to school, because then, like, then you have a purpose for being there. Like, you're there intentionally, yeah. not just, like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Makers, today's episode is sponsored in part by ToolMomStore.com. At ToolMomStore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodworker on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, and also, great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout if you enter the code maker mom you will get a 20 percent discount off any of the merchandise that you buy so that's just toolmomstore.com all right let's head back into the action yeah and it was even like the difference of like the kids that worked through school versus the kids who just only yep. did school like there was this 
this one kid in my class and he's like, I finished my own short animation and I'm like going to be the best because I, you know, I'm the only one who did this. And I was like, dude, I work 40 hours a week. (laughs) (laughs) Like I am, I have work this morning class, then work again, Mm -hmm. then class. Like I have a life that is beyond this and I'm doing the best I can. But it was just like, he didn't realize that he had the privilege to, you know, even do any of yes. those things. His Correct. parents paid for school and he didn't have to work. So I was like, cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Know? No. Yeah. Same. I worked, I worked 40 plus hours a week and full time plus schedule of school. Yeah. School. Um, <laughs> so I, I hear you there. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, it was like, I got shit done when I had like five minutes between like, work yeah Yeah. (laughs) like I'm doing the most and I'm tired but (laughs) but you you had to do what it what you had to do but I'm also like grateful for those experiences like because again it it made me a very resilient person it let it taught me my limits it taught me what I'm willing to put up with and what I'm not um it taught me how to be respectful um of other people's time and their space and Mm -hmm. all of that so yeah. Um, so that was school. And then even working in for the animation studio. Yeah. <clears throat> once again, they had minorities there, but um, they didn't have like a lot of women. And I like looking at the time I was very young, so I didn't think too much about this stuff. But I'm like, looking back, I was like the sexism just yeah. really killed me, especially because I was started off as a PA and it was like, well, you're a girl. So like, we're not going to have you do this thing. And I was like, first of all, I am six one. Mm-hmm. Like I am like no small little woman. <laughs> like, 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 what are you saying? <laughs> but yeah, it, it taught me like that even in creative fields, there's still like that workplace drama Mm -hmm. that like quote-unquote professionalism that's led by cis white men and I I just I hated it (laughs) I hated a lot and it it really felt like they were trying to like stifle like your individuality Mm -hmm. um and I I just I didn't I didn't enjoy that aspect and I know you know some people don't have that experience but that was enough for me to be like I'm good you know mm-hmm. I'm gonna go my own separate way that's right because <laughs> no yeah <laughs> again again that totally totally resonates with me um not I haven't my professional career has not been in the artistic field mm-hmm. um but it has led me to, like, I work with pretty much all cishet white men. Um, and I'm, the only thing of that I am is white. So um, I don't have a ton in common with them. And um, as I've aged, especially, I've found my tolerance is less and less of. It's non-existent at this point. <laughs> Yeah, of, I, I mean, there are, there, there are a few places where I, I just, I honestly, <laughs> you know, I had to call my boss after being in a space and being like, just FYI, I'm getting fired from this contracted job because I could not stand there and not say something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, which, I understand. Like, you know what? 
<laughs> I don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm done caring. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's definitely always been, even from a young age, like, I think I've always known about myself. Like, I, I don't know if it's that I'm not meant to work for somebody else, but I think it's, I'm not meant to work for somebody else in all of the current systems that exist. Yeah, same. Very much <laughs> the same. <laughs> Ever since like my very first job, I definitely have had issues with like authoritative like male figures yeah. when I when I will very very clearly say when I feel like, you know, things aren't being done correctly and wrong and yes it rubs people the wrong way and sure mm-hmm definitely gotten in trouble for it but you know at the end of the day I it just I don't think it should be allowed to continue but Mm -hmm. I I had to personally take myself out of those spaces and this is why I work for myself now yes (laughs) and meet like as many like-minded people um as I as I can because it's just not cool it's not cool it's um who is it trying to think I think her name is her name's maybe you know who I'm talking about Sonia Taylor that's her name uh, I don't think so see now I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to double check yes Sonia Renee Taylor um <clears throat> who's like she's an author activist all these really cool things mm-hmm. but she talks about you know in one of her books um which is amazing uh about like just stop holding up the ladder of the system like just Mm -hmm. just walk away from it (laughs) like how freeing that could be and I think that's definitely like where I'm at in my headspace of like I'm just not I'm not gonna try so hard anymore to necessarily like actively try to dismantle the system because I would just I'm tired and I don't feel like that's yeah. working. Instead, I'm just going to stop holding it up by participating yeah. in it. And I'm going to go over here and do whatever. And, and, and build, build my yes. own system, yes, build, exactly. you know, a community of yeah. people who are willing to do things the right way. Like that's yeah. what I, I want to see more of. Like, I don't, I don't need to work for a job and then fight my entire career to fix what's broken. Yes and then not be paid equally <laughs> like it's just so many yes. things I'm just like I I don't see that for myself anymore. yeah I have a <clears throat> I have a hard time I am definitely one who like rages against the man the man um, <laughs> in quotation marks um but I am I guess definitely I'm at a point where it's like I want I want to spend that energy in creating something beautiful instead of yeah. trying to like destroy something that's ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, because I also don't think that de- trying to destroy something, pointing out what's wrong with this system isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just not working. It doesn't cause change. It doesn't, all it causes is argument really just to yeah. point out what's wrong with it. Instead it's like, well, why don't, why don't I just help create this thing that's an alternative that's beautiful in how yeah. different it is yeah. and, and say, really, like, this is what I want to build and talk about. 
Yeah, and really showcase like this is an, an example, a yes. living pro- proven example of how you can make that work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what I think we should work towards. Because yeah, complaining about stuff only gets you so far, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> So how has it felt to be working for yourself? Oh, I love it. (laughs) I really love it. I mean, are you a good boss to yourself or sometimes a shitty boss to yourself? Oh, well, yeah, both. (laughs) Absolutely. Because when you work for yourself and I am literally financially responsible for every dollar that comes in, that means that, yeah, some days I work six days, seven days a week, Mm -hmm. 12 hours a day. And some days I just crash and burn and I'm like, girl, take the day off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I try to, to treat myself well, um, giving those like parameters and take, you know, mental health breaks and mm-hmm. go outside and read and meditate. And yeah, uh, <laughs> it definitely can be challenging, but I, like I said, I, I wouldn't do anything else. Um, if given the option, like this is a dream job for me. It's great. Yeah. Awesome. Do you see yourself ever like creating a space to have others work for you? Um, it's definitely possible. One of my dreams is to own, like have a little shop where I teach classes and have like open events. Um, and like a not a gallery because I don't like galleries, but like a gallery esque space where like artists and creatives can like get together and, and meet up. So if in that context I hire people, then sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm more like I would love to like hire my whole family um, <laughs> to like work for me. My mom just did an art show yesterday for me in Chicago, and they're so supportive and like. I would love to, for us to build like a legacy of like art and creativity, Mm -hmm. whatever else, you know, my family wants to do. Like, that's more what I would like to do. Um, Yeah. Awesome. Now you, you put something out there that I have to follow back up on, which is (laughs) why don't you like galleries? I have to know the answer to this. Well, well, galleries, to me, a lot of galleries feel like they are holding on to like outdated um, ideals and systems around like art because you know art is subjective but then you're giving like a gallery like the I don't want to say like the ability to like dictate that you know and sway that and it's also it's hard to sell artwork in galleries it's elitist I don't like it Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's just never really been my thing. So, I mean, there are a couple of galleries that I've, I've met and I've gone to them like, okay, like this is cool. You all are doing something new and innovative, but for the most part, it just seems like where art goes to sit and get dusty. <laughs> so. <laughs> Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I all of that resonates with me it's all uh I'm not a fan again of the gatekeeping mm-hmm. like that definitely that space always feels like there's gatekeeping going on um and with that I feel like like what I hear you saying about maybe like what you would look forward to is mm-hmm. like <clears throat> is a focus on like 
community community yeah definitely it's more about like the people um and inspiring them and motivating them like that's more what i'm Mm -hmm. interested in as opposed to like let me show off my fancy things Mm -hmm. i don't care about that stuff but (laughs) yeah (laughs) for sure is it was that the feeling because you said you you worked at a gallery right so, yeah, I worked at a, a art studio that had a, a okay. gallery. It was mostly art studio, though. Okay. Um, and a little, it was a little bit of that that I learned there. Where I was like, uh, the gallery part does not excite me. Yeah. Um, the art studio part was rough because <laughs> you have so many personalities. Mm-hmm. And trying to manage that can be uh, quite trying. Uh, <laughs> But like, once again, like I learned a lot about um, being a small business owner there, which Mm -hmm. was amazing. So yeah. Um, But yeah, artists are a weird variety of people. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) But yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like, I mean, that's where, I mean, the arts is where it's like, it's always been the misfits. Um, Mm -hmm. At least that's how I always viewed it. Right. It's like, yeah. That's why, like, you look at theater or art or whatever, and it's, like, that's where a lot of the queer community is. That's where a lot mm-hmm. of, like, it, to me, if you want to find people who have lived, like, real life, <laughs> like, yeah. real struggle, artists. like, I think, like, even if it's not something, even if it's not, like, artwork that you sell, like, a true artist, I think, is always somebody who's had real life happen to them oh yeah and especially because yeah. it it will uh, it can't help but affect your art mm-hmm. um, when you live life you've struggled you've had adversity um, I think it makes for the best art honestly mm-hmm. um, but yeah you're right like all the art communities I've ever been because it's such like a mish, mish, mashup of like creative yeah people you get so many different walks of life so many different perspectives and and like so much creativity in the space is just like really inspiring it is it can be I don't know I can it can be to me like intoxicating to be around that much creativity like it always Mm -hmm. having community events always gets my brain like sparking off of like oh I could do that or I could do that yeah Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, we're we are getting close to the end of our time together, so yeah. I wanted to give you an opportunity to let people know, like, where they should go to find you and see your work, and you know, if anyone's got a book out there they need illustrated, like, yeah, how to find yeah, you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I have a website. It's JackieCSmith.com. Um, where you can find my portfolio and I have a little shop on there where I sell prints and stickers and I make coloring books. Um, so you can find all of that there. And yes, I'm always open to illustrate children's books or portraits. I basically do everything except like text-based logos. So mm-hmm. if you have a project in mind, just hit me up and we can talk about it. But yeah, I would love to work on projects. So yeah. <laughs> awesome thanks for um chatting with me i'm thinking 
it's still very much morning there for you. So thanks for joining oh, yeah. this <laughs> Well, thank you. This is awesome. This is a great interview. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right. So again, that was Jackie C. Smith, and I'll include the links on how you can follow her and um, follow along with her work in the show notes for today's episode. Best places to find that is the description for the episode on your podcast app. If you are watching this on my Freeman Furnishings YouTube channel, check the description box down below. And lastly, you can head on over to freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast and find this episode as well as all the past episodes. Be sure to follow along with the podcast over on Instagram. That's at crafting a revolution, all one word, no spaces, no underscores at crafting a revolution. While you're there, that is the best place to find how you can support the podcast. There's links in the bio. One will take you to um, Patreon so you can support on a monthly ongoing basis. There's also a link to do a one-time donation. And if, uh, if you enjoy the podcast, can't support monetarily, uh, you can also share about the podcast and probably the biggest is to head on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review um, that really helps bump it up over on Apple Podcasts and get more ears on it. While you are there on Instagram, make sure to come over and say hi to your host, myself, Katie Freeman. You can find me at Freeman Furnishings where I am uh, power carving, playing with resin, dyeing wood, and shop dancing. You can find my co-host Katie Thompson at Women of Woodworking and at Pen and Chisel. Those are her two projects helping to diversify the woodworking field. So come on over, say hi to either one of us at Freeman Furnishings or at Women of Woodworking. This is the last uh, episode for this week. Next week we'll we will be back with one brand new episode. And uh, in the meantime, as always, let's go craft a revolution.